Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I am just about to get on a plane and go to the great state of New York, where uh, JC and I will be teaching for, wow, I think nearly 10 days all over New York, Long Island, uh, even in New York City. And I'm really, really excited about the opportunities that we are going to have to bring the Liberty First Truth to the state of New York. Now, we have been uh, teaching now for about, uh, well, over nine years, and we have been in New York many, many times. And I just want you to know the rest of the country, uh, there are lots of liberty-loving, frustrated, liberty-loving, constitution-seeking people in the state of New York. So don't think that everybody in New York is New York City. Don't think that everybody in New York is uh, Ocasio-Cortez. Don't think that everybody is like that. These people in New York are underrepresented on purpose and i believe that there's a great deal of gerrymandering going on there there's a great deal of consolidation of power into this liberal perspective this progressive marxist agenda and uh so i i just want to give you a little bit of hope new york city has many great people there it's not a total loss just like california i mean we go to northern california northern california is so serious about the fact that they're underrepresented they're trying to form their own state and so we're we're just always excited for the opportunity to teach people all across america about the principles of our constitution liberty and how that that is a uniting factor in the in the division that we have in America today. The unity has to come through the education in liberty. Remember, Thomas Paine said it's not in numbers that we gather our strength, but in unity. And what's interesting is in that particular uh, section where, where Paine is talking about that, he makes the remark that, you know, already America is like a melting pot. Already there are people from all over the world, but it's their unity in liberty that is driving their desire for independence from Great Britain. It's the liberty that they desire for everyone, all walks of life, that drive them to 
declare independence to create these United States. Now I have, I have a, a bit of correcting that I need to do today to uh, an article that's been published in the Atlantic and we're going to get to that today. We're going to, man, some massive, massive uh, fact-finding, truth-finding, correction going on here. What do they call that? Uh, I, I don't know, fact-checking. We're going to do some fact-checking on an Atlantic article today that has just <sighs> made my head explode. I just can't, especially after all the work that we have done over the last nine years to expose the unconstitutionality, to expose the corruption in our federal government as a whole, to see this article come out uh, pledged by a nonpartisan kind of guy, a guy who is, uh, well, uh, this guy says, I'm a Republican and I was on the Republicans and I'm, I'm going to criticize the Republicans now because back then we were different than we are now. And wow. I can say one thing about Donald Trump. He has the cockroaches scattering, so much so that the lackeys are defending the establishment. And I love how they try to make themselves say, I'm an outsider, right? You worked for them. How can you be an outsider? You were doing their bidding. But we're going to be doing that correcting of the Atlantic article. But I wanted to mention one thing before we go into depth of that. Now, JC and I were talking. Now, JC is uh, going to be on his way to New York to join me. Colton and JC will be joining me on Tuesday, which is tomorrow. And so, JC will be back on the show on Wednesday. I know you guys are missing him. His 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 deadpan, dry snark is uh, is a is a great check and balance for my <laughs> for my uh, personality. I think, and you guys. You guys, along with me, you enjoy having him on the show. But I want to mention, JC and I were talking the other day. We've mentioned several times, don't take for granted the power of Ocasio-Cortez. Do not take for granted the power that she has over this generation that, that she represents. And I want to tell you that we've also said, do not underestimate the power that Joe Biden brings to the Democrat presidential campaign. I know that we know him as Creepy Joe. I know that there are endless, endless uh, bits of material out there where he has made a complete fool and a complete idiot of himself. But Joe Biden, I believe, is the answer that the Democrat Party is looking for. Yeah, creepy Joe, you got the montage of his hands all over people, kissing on people. But I'm going to tell you, JC and I were talking, I, I really, really think that the American people are tired of the uh, accusation of, of sexual harassment and sexual cont- uh, um, sexual uh, harassment and sexual misconduct <clears throat> In, in these kinds of formats. We have, we have made the American people uh, nose blind, for lack of better word, to this whole thing. And now, now there's this knee-jerk reaction where people have like they roll their eyes. I'm like, goodness, not another one. 
Not another one. I know. Don't tell me. There's pictures. There's this, that, and the other. But I'm thinking, right? Because what did Bill Clinton get away with? Well, that's his personal life. And and you've got everybody in the Democrat Party defending Joe Biden. Oh, that's just the kind of guy he is. He's just a touchy-feely kind of guy. He doesn't really mean anything by it. He's not creepy Uncle Joe. He's, he's, he's the cuddly, lovey Grandpa Joe. And I'm going to tell you, the unions are backing him. They're not going to be backing Ocasio, uh, the, the Ocasio-Cortez clan. They're not going to be backing Cory Booker. They're not going to be backing Kamala Harris. They're not going to be backing this new line socialist democratic movement. Joe Biden is an establishment. He's the representation of the establishment Republican. And now watch, they're going to bring him out. I'm the old school Democrat. I'm the blue dog Democrat. I'm the union Democrat. I'm the, you know, he's the baby boomer Democrat. And he's going to bring the baby boomers out to vote that wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton because you couldn't get over her hysteria. You can't get over her criminal activity. But I'm going to tell you what. They're dressing him up real nice. And he could actually give Donald Trump a run for his money. He's going to be the even keel solution to the, to the presented hyperbolic, hysteric Donald Trump. That's what we're going to see here. And he's going to take those independents that voted for Donald Trump, he's going to take those. Short of something very drastic happening, I just want to put that warning out there. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I'm saying he's going to be a problem in this presidential campaign for Donald Trump's re-election. Now, you know where I stand on all of this. There's way too much importance placed on the office of the president. Way too much importance. I am not a Trump sycophant. I am not a never Trumper. I am a person who wants to see somebody do liberty. I want to see somebody gravitate to the Constitution. Maybe you don't know it now. But I want to see that movement toward the Constitution. And the one thing that I like about Donald Trump is that although he is not, uh, he, he's not even 65% constitutional, let's, let's just be honest, okay? But what he's doing is exposing the failures of the entire system. He is exposing the hypocrisy of Congress. He is exposing the corruption of the judiciary. I have no idea if that's exactly what he's doing. I'm not a Q girl either, okay? So I I don't believe in all all of this other stuff. Keep your Q comments to yourself. Just, there's no point in correcting me. I'm gonna take what I see and I'm not gonna, and I'm gonna look at the history and I'm gonna connect my own dots. 
I don't need somebody uh, with an alphabetic uh, nom, uh, you know, name to, to, to connect dots for me. I'm fully capable of doing that. So I'm going to stick with the facts that I see. And I don't know if Donald Trump is trying to do this, whether he's doing it on purpose or if he's doing it by just the nature of who he is. It's working. And I believe that's why this article in The Atlantic is coming forward, because it's working. But it's also not working in the extent that Trump is still a loose cannon and he says too much and he's way over the top. And I believe Biden is going to make some problems for Donald Trump. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. I am about to get on a plane and head over to New York. Remember, if you want to find out where we're going to be, tell your friends, family members. If you're not able to make it, um, send them. If you are able to make it, we're going to love to see you there. Make sure you come up and tell me, hey, we listen to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. That's very, very exciting to me. It's it's sometimes difficult when you're sitting in a hotel room staring at the, the little white dot on the computer <laughs> wondering, is there anybody out there listening? Uh, but I know you guys are because you guys are a great audience and you're watching us on YouTube as well. Remember, if you watch us on YouTube, you can actually see the text of the articles, the pictures of what we're dealing with, and it, it, it becomes a real teaching lesson. So if you want to find out where we're going to be in 29, uh, Liberty Tour 2019, go to chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. And remember, we are always available at libertyfirstuniversity.com so that you can learn to connect the dots the way I do. Somebody said, we need Chris Ann Hall's brain. Well, Liberty First University is my brain. I'm telling you. That's where we are. We have great new classes up there, and uh, we have a great class coming up, a new class coming up next month called Who is the Militia? Who is the Militia? That's our new class coming up uh, next month. I am writing it right now, so we will be putting it together, filming it, and producing it. Remember, it takes us a little while, um, but we get it all out there, and it will be dedicated, dedicated to truth, original source, not politician, not pundit, not pontification, but education. So uh, Liberty First University students, keep your eyes open for who uh, is the militia. If you're not a Liberty First University student yet, remember, go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. You can sign up there. The Atlantic publishes an article titled, we wouldn't have let Obama get away with this. Subtitle. I worked for the, Republican, the Republicans on the House Oversight Committee back when the GOP cared about keeping the president in check. Yes, momentary pause for violent and hysterical laughter. Right. So the the reference there is I worked for the Republicans on the over, House Oversight Committee when we kept Obama in check. 
I know, it's really, really hard to say out loud. But apparently the author of this article, Kurt Bardella, served as the spokesman and senior advisor for the House Oversight and Reform Committee from 2009 to 2013, and he wants us to believe that Congress, the conservative Congress leadership, congressional leadership that we had from 2009 to 2013, kept the president in check. So let's do a little fact-checking on this article, shall we? Because I'm really not happy about this propaganda that is being put up by Mr. Bardella. And I don't know, I think maybe I'm seeing a trend here at the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I think that we're going to be taking these articles and we're going to be calling out these, these, partisaned, uh, these partisaned kind of uh, reporters who, who hold themselves up to be neutral or and are nonpartisan or dedicated to truth or whatever it is because this is just this is really out of control so kurt bardella writes in the atlantic during my time on oversight the chief justice's words were often cited as justification for our vigorous can't even do this. I can't even do this. Our vigorous supervision of the Obama administration. I don't know. Am I losing you guys out there? I mean, seriously, how can you listen to me? How can you hear me if you're rolling on the floor, belly laughing? Led by Representative Daryl Issa, my former boss, Republicans issued more than a hundred subpoenas. I think this is what's going to be our clue here. What exactly is the definition of vigorous supervision? What exactly is the definition of keeping the president in check? See, I have my theory that this definition that they, they cling to is the very picture of people like Trey Gowdy and Daryl Issa. All bark and no bite. A lot of political dog and pony with no real consequences whatsoever. You see, I think that's our problem. Oversight, but not conclusions and consequences. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Let me mention to you, we have great Liberty First gear at chrisannhall.com. Don't just pontificate, educate. And I get so excited as I travel around the country and you guys come with your t-shirts and your phone covers and your, your hoodies. And, and we got a, a, a message the other day from a guy who was so proud to be watching his wife exercise in her Liberty gear leggings. <laughs> How cool, how cool is that? That is way too cool for me. So we are talking, remember, chrisannhall.com, click on the store. Let me find this one. The Freedom Plus Morality t-shirt is right there. 
And if you're watching us on YouTube, you see where to click on the website and you can get your own Liberty First gear to help teach. Everything is, is designed to help you teach, not just simply preach, but teach. And so we have this, oh my goodness, we have this article by Kurt Bardella, who is uh, a former spokesperson and senior advisor for the House Oversight and Reform Committee from 2009 to 2013. He says, we wouldn't have let Obama get away. I did just get away, get away, get away. What does that mean? Get away. I want you to just sort of scroll through your memory of the Obama administration. And tell me what exactly happened. Was anybody impeached? Was anybody censored? Was anybody, I don't know, put in prison? Was anybody fined? What is this get away with stuff? He says, during my time on the oversight, on oversight, the Chief Justice's words were often cited as justification for our vigorous, supervi vigorous supervision of the Obama administration, led by Representative Daryl Issa, my former boss. I think he's got a little bromance thing going on there. Republicans issued more than 100 subpoenas, held Attorney General Eric Holder in contempt of Congress, created a select committee to investigate Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's handling of Benghazi crisis, filed a lawsuit in federal court challenging Pre President Obama's use of executive privilege. You know, I think we could probably just pause there for just one second. So apparently, this vigorous supervision that Mr. Bardella is speaking of equates to subpoenas, contempt, investigations. How many Benghazi investigations, by the way? I think there were like eight, weren't there? What about, I, you know, he left out Fast and Furious. I wonder if he left out Fast and Furious on purpose because it doesn't fit his paradigm. But it was an investigation which would fall under his, his classification of vigorous oversight and in check and keeping them in check kind of thing. What exactly happened with Eric Holder in contempt of Congress? Um, how about absolutely nothing at all? He was found guilty of contempt, which is a misdemeanor. And Article 2, Section 2 says he shall be removed from office. That word shall means it must be done. No choices, no options. This was a constitutional requirement upon Congress. I want to know, Mr. Bardella, how does this equate to keeping the Obama administration in check? Just simply declaring contempt but not following the Constitution? You guys didn't even vote on articles of impeachment. 
Can I tell you that there were art articles impeachment drawn up by like four congressmen? I know because at the time one of the congressmen was my congressman. I was actually given the articles of impeachment before anybody else. We 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 broke the news about the articles of impeachment for Eric Holder. But this this Congress that Mr. Bardella is talking about. This Congress that was a vigorous supervision of, of Obama, that kept the Obama administration in check, the leadership there would not even allow the articles of impeachment to come to vote on the floor. Contempt of Congress, a misdemeanor, requiring impeachment. Seriously. Donald Trump has not been found guilty of anything. And impeachment is on, on the word of nearly every Democrat in the House right now. Eric Holder was found guilty of contempt. And they wouldn't even talk about it. I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I don't think that's vigorous supervision. I don't think that's keeping anybody in check. How about this allegation or this, uh, uh, yeah, this allegation that the investigations of Hillary Clinton's handling of Benghazi was somehow a vigorous supervision and keeping the Obama administration in check? Eight investigations in which Trey Gowdy himself, we covered this on the show, Trey Gowdy himself told the media with papers in his hand, I have direct evidence to bring indictment to Hillary Clinton and her staff members right now. This was his public announcement. And as a former prosecutor, that's a pretty stinking big deal. That is a pretty big deal. And yet, all of a sudden, crickets, nothing at all happened. Well, I guess nothing would be a negligence, would be negligence in words, because something actually did happen. Almost right after Trey Gowdy made that announcement, because remember, we had, I don't know if you remember how this worked, but we had, like I said, we had almost, I think we had eight Benghazi hearings, and sometimes they overlapped. So Trey Gowdy was made the head of one investigation over the Benghazi hearing as another one was finishing up. And as that one was finishing up and Trey Gowdy makes this announcement that we have these, these papers, to in, we, we have this direct evidence to, to bring indictments. Nearly immediately, the previous Benghazi hearing made an announcement, oh, there's been no misconduct whatsoever on the part of Hillary Clinton. And then what happened after this Trey Gowdy? I mean, I remember the hype, people. I remember that. Oh, Trey Gowdy, he's a bulldog. He's a prosecutor. He's going to hold Hillary Clinton accountable. He's going to do something. And man, did he bark a good song. But can we please remember that nothing happened? See, I'm just wondering about this vigorous supervision that Mr. Bardella is talking about, this, 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 keeping President Obama in check. This filing a lawsuit in federal court challenging Obama's use of executive privilege. What about challenging the use of Obama's executive orders? 
why, why wouldn't they be bragging about that? Because they didn't do it. Remember, we're supposed to be vigorously supervising the Obama administration and keeping them in check, according to Mr. Bardella, under the ISA and, uh, uh, admin, you know, Congress. Democrats putting forward the DREAM Act. See, I, I actually wrote an article. I need to republish that just so people will become aware. In 2011, of, of how many things here? Ten things that Obama had done by 2011 that, that warranted impeachment. The Democrats put forward the DREAM Act, but before a vote was even held, Obama pushed forward the DREAM Act through executive order. Cap-and-trade legislation was defeated in Congress, yet Obama pushed the agenda into law through EPA regulations. Obama signs executive order on in, in July of 2011, restricting the rights of the American people to keep and bear arms on the southern border states, Texas, California, New Mexico, and Arizona, infringing upon our right to freedom, uh, our right to keep and bear arms by executive fiat. Where was the vigorous supervision over that? Where was the keeping in check after that? After Obama's FCC decided to assume authority over internet regulation despite an opinion by the Federal Appeals Court explicitly denying the commission that authority. Obama unilaterally decided he would declare war on Libya when Congress disagreed. He ignored them. Their lawsuit in the War Powers Act, which is just a restatement of separation of powers that already exists and the Constitution. He ignored all of that. The Trans-TSA head at the time, John Pistol, announced that the screening partnership program, which allows airports to privatize their security procedures, would no longer be available. Congress, by law, said that the airports could use private security procedures and the director of the TSA said nope sorry we're not going to allow you to do that where is the vigorous supervision where are the subpoenas where are the checks and balances the TSA's decision the head of the TSA's decision directly contrary to the Aviation and Transportation Security Act of 2001 rather than to uh, uh, the, the Department of Justice announced they would no longer enforce the Defense of Marriage Act. I'm not for enforcing the Defense of Marriage Act, but this is just another, another example of Obama defying Congress and congressional acts, which, by the way, Congress said nothing about. Congress removes the card check provision from the Employee Free Choice Act to maintain the rights of the people to choose not to unionize. Then Obama's National Labor Relations Board moves to reduce the length of time for elections in order to limit the employer's ability to present their own case against unionization, having the effect of overriding Congress and limiting the people's choice to not unionize. Ignoring Congress violating the rights of the people. I'm, I'm just looking. I'm, 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 I'm calling out here some examples, and I'm wondering where is the vigorous supervision? Where is the keeping in check thing? Obama suggests that they could ignore congressional authority and raise the debt ceiling unilaterally by reinterpreting the 14th Amendment. 
I mean, look, that's just, just a handful of things. And I'm wondering, what is Mr. Bardella missing here? Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here. Remember, liberty is what we're after, not freedom. Freedom means I'm free to do whatever I want. I'm not free to lie. I'm free to steal. I'm free to murder. But liberty is freedom plus morality because the only thing that stops people from doing bad things is knowing that they are bad. This article in The Atlantic, written by Kurt Bardella, former senior spokesperson and senior advisor for the House Oversight Committee and Reform Committee of 2009-2013, wants us to believe that the Congress used to keep the president in check and that now, for some strange reason, uh, Donald Trump is getting away with a whole lot more than Barack Obama ever gave away. I mean, we just spent an entire uh, 12-minute segment showing you how that's not true. He says, when Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin ignored last week a deadline to produce Trump's tax returns, House Republicans refused to speak out against this blatant disregard for legislative authority. Contrast that with the time that an IRS refu uh, official refused to answer questions from oversight Republicans. They held that official in contempt of Congress. Can I tell you these are apples and oranges? This is, this is not the same thing. Number one, the President of the United States is not required to produce his tax returns. There is, no, there is no constitutional requirement for any person to present their tax returns to the, to, the, to the government. Not without an allegation of some crime or something, for Pete's sakes. Where's the, where's the indictment? Where's the allegation of a crime? You don't get to go on fishing expeditions and say, okay, hand us our stuff so we can figure out if you did something wrong. So ignoring the deadline is exactly what should be done because the deadline is not lawful. It's, it has no warrant. Yet when the IRS officials refuse to answer questions from oversight Republicans, that is a completely different thing because Congress has a duty to oversight these agencies and this was a particular duty that the IRS was taxed to on which the Congress was particularly, by law, required to oversee. But can I ask you again? held that official in contempt of Congress. What exactly happened to that official? Absolutely stinking nothing. Absolutely nothing. See, I'm, I'm just, what is, what is this vigorous thing? What is this keeping in check thing? It seems like a whole lot of air and, a not, uh, and, and not a lot of action. He says the entire point of having a separate but equal branches of government was to create protections against the kind of tyranny and absolute rule that was common in Europe. If Trump can simply ignore Congress and then act unilaterally without consequence, then he is America's first dictator. Are you freaking kidding me? 
America's first dictator? Apparently you slept through the entire Obama administration. Apparently you have no history books that teach you anything at all about the FDR administration. Apparently you don't know anything about Teddy Roosevelt. Apparently you know nothing about Abraham Lincoln. Come on now. America's presidents have been exercising more power than British kings have exercised since 186 uh, since uh 7 7 what was it? Yeah, 17 1688. Sorry, my dates got all mixed up. The last executive order ruling over the people by a British king was 1688 and our presidents have issued executive orders ruling over the people for decades. So don't come to me with America's first dictator nonsense. That is absolutely ridiculous. And this whole idea of separate but equal branches is also a misnomer. This guy knows nothing about the Constitution, knows nothing about political history, knows nothing about American history, and yet he wants to pontificate and educate, and he's going to be called a vetted expert because he served under Daryl Issa as some pundit, some wonk. Look, people, separate and equal branches they are not equal but in checks and balance and one of the essential checks and balances is the authority of the president to ignore the supreme court and to ignore congress when their acts are unconstitutional just as congress can check the executive for unconstitutional activity and the judicial for unconstitutional activity the president can do that as well so let's get some really facts straight here. Let's get educated and let's talk to Miss Bardella and the Atlantic and get our facts straight. See you tomorrow.